Welcome to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dear Alice. Today, we're going to be talking about living with your layout. We've had a lot of questions lately about people with floor plans that are hard for them to know what to do when trying to pull their house together in a beautiful, cohesive way. You know when you inherit bad teeth? (laughs) It's kind of like that. (laughs) We're just going to tell you the right dentist to go to. No, we're just going to tell you exactly we all blame our mother, don't Genetics. we? <laughs> Genetics. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, a floor plan's kind of like that. Suzanne was calling it a gift with purchase. <laughs> <laughs> like, why should we name this podcast? I'm like, gift with purchase. Yeah. Uh, it's like you buy the house and you're like, shoot, I don't know what to do with this space. So um, we have quite a few people that feel the same way. And we wanted to answer those questions today. And we put them all together. Um in a podcast we're calling Living With Your Layout. Um, but first, Suzanne wanted to tell you about our awesome website. Guys, I love our website. I don't go to it often enough. And the other day I was meandering in there and it's really beautiful. It's because we're working so hard on the spaces <laughs> to put on the website. Uh-huh. But um, uh, yeah, I just, I want you guys all to go to alicelanehome.com. Um, we're excited for you to be able to create beautiful moments in your home which is why we introduced the website. And just like every design project we do, it's tailored for each unique client, we're always sourcing and curating beautiful products um, in order for you to have a one-stop shop to the most beautiful pieces. These will for sure elevate your home, and you can find them all at alicelanehome.com. We have a lot of really great collections. Mm -hmm. Um, So go take a peek, and I bet you can find something beautiful for your home. Awesome. Thanks, Sue. Okay, so the first question is from Meg Gibb. And she's talking about a split level open area, living room slash kitchen. She said, I love your podcast. I'm restoring a new house I just bought and wondering if you would do a podcast on split level open areas. My living room is two steps higher than my kitchen. And I'm sure there's a nice potential play with those two differences in levels. Thank you. Well, listen, May Gibb, um, I want you to know something. When I built my Alice Lane house, um, many of you guys know that the name Alice Lane comes from my old address. It was in Farmington, Utah, and we built this home and it was, um, the lot had, it was like a hill and it went up. Um, So the front of the house was low and then the back of the house was high. So we actually built intentionally a split level home so we could go in on ground level and then the back door would go out on ground level to the backyard so the kids could jump on the trampoline and play out there. So the split level was the best way to accommodate a home on a hill. And um, I actually really liked the different layers. I thought it was really fun. And you can divine, really um, um, define each space as their own because it's not this huge run-on sentence of a, of a great big open concept yeah. floor plan. So um, Sue was reminding me of this great concept that we're always yes. freaking out over. There's this kitchen by Stephen Gambrell, and it is just, it's so lovely. And, and I didn't even notice it until Jess had pointed out, but we're always crushing on this space and the feeling that you get. And you can actually see on the back of the photo, and we'll put it in the show notes, um, that it steps down into the kitchen, kind of like what you're talking about, Megib. And uh, there there is something really, I think, magical to that kind of journey of ascending and descending into spaces and kind of just like encapsulating what the feeling of that space and function of that space is. And then you get to rise up to another one. We also did another a home in Tahoe mm-hmm. that had the same kind of thing. It had 
like a beautiful, some somewhat open area at the bottom, but every, when you went upstairs, you would actually go down this hallway and then you step down into the guest quarters. So it was just kind of this nice, like little reverence into what you were about to experience Mm -hmm. where you stepped up into the playroom so that like the kids knew like that, that was their Mm -hmm. sanctioned area. Right. So I think, I think you can totally use this to your benefit, Megib. Yeah. Um, Really, really cool. And you can give each space a moment of their own to kind of shine and kind of encapsulate it and then feel the relief of coming up into this living room that's mm-hmm. this certain feeling. So I don't think they both have to have the same feeling like open floor plans do. No. I think that you can really tr- create them as their own. They can have something in common, but mm-hmm. I would say really lean into it and like oh, make the kitchen its own thing and then really make that living room something else. Yeah. And, I, and you might need to add some interior architecture to like really, I think, do something cool with that. Like mm-hmm. actually sending into a space or descending into a space. Like make a cool portal or... Portal or, yeah, just some like ending points. I don't know if it's a narrow opening or if it's a wide opening that like spans the whole floor and it's just like a, a long two steps. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think if you can do that either with like, if it's more open and you narrow that in and do railings, I think that that could be beautiful from like one space to another. Or if it is a little bit more closed in, I think you can, I don't know, you can do a cool archway or I think you could do something. Or if you don't want to do any interior architecture, you can do a lot with like just your rugs, your paint mm-hmm. and just what you want your feeling of that living space to be versus your kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Oh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited for you. Yeah. I want that challenge. That sounds like fun. I know. Did you know that 35% of adults report experiencing poor sleep quality? Let me put you onto something that is going to transform your sleep. Cozy Earth Bedding is temperature regulating people. This is huge. If you and your spouse do not sleep at the same temperature, which most people don't, I'm freezing, my husband's hot. This is a massive benefit and breakthrough for us when we started sleeping on Cozy Earth. You can both sleep on the same mattress with the same sheets and be completely comfortable. They also have a 100-night sleep trial guarantee and a 10-year warranty, which I don't know of anybody that does this. They're that confident in the product, and so am I. When I first touched Cozy Earth products, I could not believe the soft hand on it. It also almost has like a cool feel to your hand. To your um, hand, it's like slippery dolphin. Like your feet swishing around is so so addictive. I can't sleep with anything but cozy earth sheets. I'm obsessed. Um, also, you need to treat yourself to the ultimate comfort with cozy earth. I love the sleepwear. I love the sweats, and the bedding is amazing. You can prioritize your self care your sleep health, if you just head over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. You guys, we don't have to wait for a sale. You can use this anytime. Again, the code is DEARALICE for an exclusive 35% off. Better sleep awaits you with Cozy Earth. Yeah. Okay. Next question um, is, I have more than one focal point in my living room. Where would I arrange my sofa when my TV and fireplace are on opposite sides? Oh, man. <laughs> when I read this, I was taken back to my sister who had this like kind of starter home, um, I don't know, several years back. And she I hated her corner fireplace. Oh, it was the worst. It was the worst. So for a long time, I just ignored it when I would like help her like space plan her furniture. <laughs> and I'd put like, I, I pretend I'm like, you're not even there. I'm not even going to like pay attention to you. Like, I don't even know if I wanted to put anything above the fireplace because I wanted it to disappear so bad. And I recreated a focal. Um, 
now when I was smart and I actually put the whole plan on CAD, Mm -hmm. I realized that what we needed to do was make over, give, give the fireplace some lipstick and rouge, Uh do a new cast on it and then do a console next to the fireplace where I could put the TV, even though it was a window. Yeah. I floated the TV in front of a window, but it allowed us to like open up the whole space and do a sectional that was oriented toward the fireplace and the TV. And it was beautiful. Yeah. It turned out really, really well. It was lovely. So I don't know if you can do that. If you can like reorient things to kind of re I don't know, give the room back its focus Mm -hmm. by joining those two forces. Yeah. I would try and do that first if I could. Mm -hmm. And then if I couldn't, if for some reason, like that TV is stapled to one side of the house Mm -hmm. and you can't move that. Um, Jess had the good idea of just trying to create multiple Multiple seating, seating area, areas, right? yeah. Like create an intimate little tiny space in front of the fireplace, like two um, little lounge chairs mm-hmm. just like facing off, like looking at each other. Like you're going to have a small, like two people are going to have a small intimate conversation with a cup of cocoa. Maybe with a winter. high table or something with a game of chess going. Or, yeah, I yeah. Know. I love that. Right in front of the fireplace and because they're women and they're always cold. And then you turn around and there's a place for the men to sit and yell at the fi- at the TV because, you know, a big game is on. If you're a man and you're cold, you can hang out over by the fireplace yeah, too. Right. <laughs> well, I like to make up these stories in my mind so that I can sort of create the spaces uh-huh, for totally. the people that would enjoy them. Yeah. So um, I would just say sort of make up what that story is, but yeah. it doesn't always have to be one conversation. It can be two conversations in a room. Yeah. And if you think about, you know, I don't know when the last time you went to a party was, but if you're ever in a big group, maybe it's even Thanksgiving, right? You're in a big group. Um, there's so many conversations going, right? There's a one in the, in the kitchen with the women. There's one in the, or maybe it's the men that like to cook, right? Yeah. Maybe they're going to be t- cooking their turkey on a Traeger, you know? So the men are outside at the grill cooking a turkey. The women are inside ripping up a salad. You know, the kids are doing something. The teenagers are in another portion. So there's like, I don't know, eight conversations happening at Thanksgiving. So you can see how maybe there's a moment where a couple of people that are quiet that want to share an intimate conversation would love to perch in front of a fireplace while something else is happening in the room. So parties are always lots of conversations. Yeah, a puzzle in front of the fireplace. Yes, let's go there. Who doesn't love a Christmas puzzle? Let's go there. Yeah, so maybe it's two groupings in your room. Maybe that's how you do it. Mm -hmm. Or like Sue said... um, I'll bet you anything you can put your TV on another wall. You just call an electrician, right? Yep. And then he can restub that in for you. And then just consider like putting the TV on the same wall as the fireplace. Like Sue did. Yeah. Or we actually just kept it on its stand. Mm -hmm. So, and then you just need a plug. Yeah. Yeah. To put it on top of a beautiful chest. Mm -hmm. Um, One of our favorite tricks is the Samsung frame. Yes. um, TV. It looks like a piece of art. And then it, all of a sudden it magically turns on. Yeah. So And they just came out, I think, with a bunch of new frame options too. Oh, so enjoy. Cool. And it's even thinner than ever. So anyway, yeah. yep, go indulge, guys. Merry Christmas. Oh, I love that. Thank yep. you. Okay, we have one more question from Katie Malcolm. And she says, I have an open concept floor plan. Are there specific rules or guidelines to keep in mind when decorating a two-story room? The main room of my home is a great room. It includes a kitchen, dining, and living space all in one. My question comes with adding the final layer. There are a lot of windows to enjoy the mountain view. And most of all, the actual wall space is above the eye level. There are places for small pieces of art on the walls, 
Do I add larger art to pieces above eye level on what is technically the second story level? Thanks for your help, Caitlin Malcolm. All right, Caitlin, (laughs) let's get into this. A lot of people have the same conundrum Mm -hmm. of having, um, by the way, congratulations on having a two-story room. That's very grand. (laughs) Things are working out for you. But this is pretty common to have the great room that includes all three spaces and to have minimal amount of wall. Yeah, we had one. Um, no, I think we did. We shared. We shared those photos. Yeah, on our, yeah, we have. Oh, we have shared those photos on our portfolio. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but we can put that in the show notes. But she also had this living room that was a two-story space, and on one room, one big wall, it was just all windows, two-story windows, like you're talking about. On one wall, it was more built-ins. Again, not room for art. She had a couple small walls for art, just like you're talking about. And then it was open to the kitchen and all these other areas. Where do we put the art? So we, on the built-ins, you know, we used art in the bookcases and we actually hung. They needed a TV in this family room. So we actually did do the Samsung um, frame TV and we hung it as art on top of the built-ins instead of submerged in the back so that when they're not watching it, which a lot of times she just has music playing, she has art on that and it was beautiful. Um, that's what we did. And then when we, when we did have a wall for art, we did as big of art as we could on some of these small walls and we accented it with art lights too, to give it some presence. Um, so I would definitely do that. I would also do art easels. We did that a lot in her house because she did have all these big windows with mountain views as well. And so our easels are amazing. They act as a piece of furniture. They make it a lot more interesting. You can pull those in, which is so beautiful. And then a really cool trick that we did too was the window treatments in her living room. Mm -hmm. Same room as I was explaining before, but we did two-story drapes in this like black linen and we had them hand painted. You don't have to do that, but do consider the window treatments. That can be art, mm-hmm. you know. It looked like an art installation. It, really, it we was. A, a local, for sure was. <laughs> yeah. We had a local artist yeah. that had done the plaster work in, in the home, take the black fabric to a studio, and he drew large um, overscaled flowers and botanicals on them. And she loves flowers, um, loves nature. So um, they're just really stunning. Mm-hmm. What did he use to paint? Like, no. And what, what kind of fabric, fabric. was it? It was like a black gauzy uh, linen from like Europe. Open okay. weave beautiful. linen out of the UK. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what he did, but it was beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. He did the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, w- I will say that I feel like all the pieces, the lighting, I felt was very artful and very sculptural. You and go I think huge. you have to go big and you have to drop low so that you can kind of make that two story space feel a little bit more intimate because yeah. you're probably feeling a little lost in that area. People hang their chandeliers to way too high. Way too high. Your, your lighting comes with a certain amount of chain and that's usually what they think Minimum. is the end, yeah. but it's not. You call the company and you order more chain. You figure out what height you want it. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to have like, sort of like Sue's is saying, create a ceiling. Maybe you want that chandelier to hang down at like 12 or 11 or 10 yeah. feet off the ground so that you actually have it in the atmosphere of that lower level and then it can give back to the space. If it's up too high, it's as though it doesn't exist unless you're up on the second floor. So, um, you know, maybe it comes with three feet of chain. You need to call back and get seven more feet of chain. Your electrician can obviously um, expand the wiring of it. And then voila, you have a great chandelier on your main level. It feels like art and is part of that final layer. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of dramatic too. And you'll have things on the floor that are reaching up to that and things 
that obviously the chandelier is reaching down to what's happening on the ground level. Yeah. So all those things like you need to pay attention to. So mm-hmm. just make everything sculptural and lovely. Mm. That's your final layer. Love it. Yep. That's awesome. Um, other talking points to consider um, traffic flow in any really difficult floor plans. Um, the main thing is like pull it away from the wall. Pull things away from the wall so people have the opportunity to kind of travel around a space to get to another little, again, kind of like the little chairs over by the fireplace. Mm -hmm. If everything's pulled away from the wall, there's just more interesting pathways Mm -hmm. and more intimate spaces that are created. So um, when possible, pull the furniture away from the wall. Yeah. Vantage points. Vantage points. Other things to consider. Yeah. I mean, really I think, pretty. I think, yeah, I was about to say back to that room that had like the two story drapes. Mm-hmm. You're in that house. It kind of has like areas that are tall and then lower tall. But when you go into the entry, you have a direct shot of that scene. And so mm-hmm. you center things on that window so that when you look straight across, like I think centering and vantage points really come hand in hand. Yeah. Um, because I again, just as you're exploring your spaces, look at different rooms. I know that you talk a lot, Jess, about your vantage points in your house and how mm-hmm. that's your favorite part yeah. of your floor plan is just how things are lined up and how when you look from your entry into your family room, you see your banquette mm-hmm. or that's off your kitchen. Yeah, I think if we, we do ourselves a huge disservice if we just design for how the room is going to function, mm-hmm. but you have to consider like, what does it feel like walking into the room? from a hallway. What are we looking at? That's beautiful. At the end of the hallway, what are you looking at the whole time you're traveling the length of that hallway? Or if you're sitting in the family room and you're looking into the entry, or if you're in the entry, you know, looking into the home, like mm-hmm. always consider what that um, exploration is going to be when somebody's seeing it for the first time, or even you just living your daily life or going, you know, into the morning to go make breakfast. Like, what does that look like? Make sure that that journey is beautiful in the home and, and that whatever you're walking toward is something that's makes you really happy. Like you're placing your favorite pieces of art, Mm -hmm. you know, in certain spots that like, there's this one, we don't live in a big house, but I do love when I turn to go down this hallway where our bedrooms are at and like, it's just art, Mm -hmm. but the biggest piece of art and the most dynamic piece of art and the glossiest piece of art is at the very end. And like, that is like, I flip on the lights. I'm like, oh, there you are. <laughs> You're so fun to see again. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, vantage points, I think are so critical. And so if you're looking at every space, honestly, with a curated eye and just trying to make it its absolute most, like you're going to have great vantage points. Yeah. Right. Agreed. That's so, really great. Yeah. Um, the rug. Always. I was like, even on these big, great rooms, say you have a big, great room, which a lot of, a lot of homes have this open floor plan concept and it's hard to feel special in a space like that because everything's so big and there's no ending or corridor. And I do believe that when we put down a rug, you know, to kind of create these divisions, that is what creates visual walls. And that's what like kind of pulls a furniture grouping in together and it allows you to have several mm-hmm. of those groupings and, I mean, we start with the rug over and over. People always ask like, what do I do? Where do I start? You're going to start with your rug. And that's, yeah, that's the secret sauce. Definitely. In the room that we talked about with the fireplace and the little intimate grouping, maybe the rug is large and encompasses the large grouping. And in front of the fireplace, maybe you throw a sheepskin on the ground Mm -hmm. to sort of anchor the two chairs in the fireplace to just sort of give back that really cozy 
intimate feeling of wanting to sort of sink your sink your little sock covered toes into the you know, into that sheepskin, like really tell the story, but it's those ground um, elements that are going to pull the room together yep. and kind of frame it like a piece of art. You have to have the rug, even if you had a huge jute rug in that room and only had those intimate chairs on the jute portion. And then you put a beautiful like antique knotted rug on the larger area room. You know what I mean? That you can layer a beautiful rug on top of a jute rug. That would help focus the larger area and the small one could still be on the the woven jute. And you can imagine that again, the room with multiple vantage or focal points, if it was just broadloom carpet, Mm -hmm. what a bummer, you know, (laughs) like now I don't have a focal, I don't know where to put my eyes and there's like no visual walls, like anchoring the ground. So anyway, that's how important the rug is guys. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Love that. Um, okay. Media and TV sizing and placement. These are just bullets we're reading guys, (laughs) but the media and TV, um, sizing and placement. This is interesting. If we really want to get into the numbers, Corey, didn't you have like a mathematical equation in regards to like once upon a time I did the media. (laughs) Um, no, it's so it's (laughs) the, the TV should be like half of the size the distance of like um, of the different distance you watch it from. So, can you give me an example of that? Because I feel like I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I'm just kidding. <sighs> yes. I do, but that yes. sounds really hard. Let's just take the standard 60 inch TV. Does that mean that you're 120 inches back from the TV? Yeah, 10 feet. Yes. Okay, got it. Yep. Okay, well, that's good to know. I yeah. feel like. I feel like Suzanne has a really intimate home Liar. with an 85 inch TV. <laughs> yeah. And it actually matches up with the equation. It does. Does it Get really? down. Are you like 14? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it? No, it's like 12 or 13 okay. feet away yeah. Yeah. from there. Yeah. Okay. That's where my sofa I, sits. I, I gotta be honest. I clowned on Sue for a while. <laughs> and I was like, what did you do? <laughs> Your TV got the frame, damn is it. the size of a wall. It's so huge. I think it looks but we rattle. always express large art. Yeah. yeah. Hello. It's a Samsung frame. Anyway, and Uh, sometimes you lean in with your husband and he's just like, the 75 is awesome. And you're like, all right, let's do it. And you know, it is pretty awesome. Yeah, and it falls great babysitter. Yep. It's a great babysitter. I love it. Yeah. That's so great. Anyway, but Um, yeah. Here's what I want to say about placement. I've said it again, but I think they said that you have to hear something like 17 times before it really sticks. So um, if I sound like a broken record, I apologize. When you are seated in your family room, your natural gaze is actually down. Nobody wants to look at a TV over a high fireplace mantle. That is a neck busting activity. Um, Make sure you some Bengay clothes so everyone can put some on their neck. (laughs) Yeah, it hurts. So really like the first time I discovered this, my in-laws actually had in their built-ins, the lower cabinets, they open up and pulled out a TV um, that they could rotate on a tray. This was like, we got married in 1996. So this was their solution. And I was like, what? Who watches the TV down there? But when you're seated, you're only 18 inches off the ground. Your natural gaze is down. It's the perfect height and you can hide it away. So keep in mind that you want your TV not to be high up in the air, mm-hmm. not even like normally where you would have a piece of art. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is like 60 inches off the ground. It's okay to like have a low media piece and then have your TV just mounted right above that. Yep. You want to leave your fireplace alone and hang a beautiful piece of art there or a mirror mm-hmm. or whatnot. But I do think that that Samsung frame has been like a really awesome way game to. Changer. It's been a game changer. 
Yeah, yeah. to not have a huge black square yeah. in the middle of your room. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say the only time, and I, it's only because I want to mount the TV in our bedroom now because yeah. it's above a dresser. The big yeah. TV? Oh, no. Or a different one? Yeah, a different one probably. A different anyway, big TV? A bigger one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, but like when you're lying in bed, like and if your it's gaze low, your yeah. gaze is up. And I know yours is mounted high. So that's yeah. the only time like in Rachel Parcell's bedroom, we did put it over the, we put the frame over the fireplace. Yes. And that makes good sense because your natural gaze when you're lying down is going more inclined up. Yep. And doesn't want to be cranked down. So, exactly. Anyway. Yeah. So well, that's your exception, so ladies and gents. So things to think about on media placing, um, not, not, not to be afraid to call an electrician and change up where mm-hmm. the old TV outlet was, and now you can put it in an optimal position. Mission granted. Yes. yes. Awesome. Well, guys, I'm so glad that you are listening to um, us go on and on about Live, um, living with your layout. I hope this has been helpful. And um, we keep wanna, sending in your questions. Yeah, because please. we want to answer them here. Yeah, we get a lot of them and we try and consolidate them to podcasts that make sense, like this one. Yeah. So and definitely. Dear Alice at alicelanehome.com. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, thanks so much for listening today, guys. And we're excited for you to be able to create beautiful moments in your home. Just like every design project we do is tailored for a, and a unique client. We're always sourcing these beautiful pieces. And I constantly say, we should put that on the website. I feel like people would love that. We should put that. A lot of times we'll try and put things on there that would generally be liked by people. But more and more, we're like, I feel like people want unique things so that they don't look like their neighbors. So we add to our website, like, I don't know, several times a month. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't been there in a minute, check it out because it's something that we're always working on so that you can curate beautiful things in your own space. If you haven't been, um, check us out at um, alicelanehome.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating.